There's a lot of people who inquire with us, and I spend a lot of time with them, and, and sometimes I actually influence them not to pursue a membership site. And it's because there's this common sort of belief that I can do this on the side, you know, an hour here, hour there, and then it's gonna grow. And then there's gonna be this really magical time that everything's just gonna fall into place. I'm gonna go tell my boss, this, is, this has been great, but my side gig is, is booming now and I'm gonna go do this. You know, thank, thanks for everything. And that never ever happens. It only can happen if you're hustling. Welcome everyone and thank you so much for joining me today. We have a really special episode for you and I'm excited to introduce our guest, Ali Jafarian. Ali is the founder and CEO of MemberDev, a design and development agency that specializes in building custom membership sites. They help everyone from solo entrepreneurs, startups, and multi-million dollar businesses build powerful membership sites. Ali and his team are experts in boosting member engagement through UX, leveraging powerful reporting metrics and analytic data to build data-driven businesses, and increasing sales for their clients through powerfully designed customer acquisition processes. In this episode, Ali shares important things you need to know before starting a membership site. Topics covered include why you should consider starting a membership site, who should and who shouldn't start a membership site, a detailed outline of what's involved in creating a membership site, and much more. So whether you're just starting to think about building a membership site or already have one up and running, you'll learn something valuable in this episode. And I want to mention right off the bat that we've put together a list of ideas and proactive steps that you can take to get some momentum and test your idea before going all in and developing a site. You can download this PDF from our show notes page at subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 108. So let's get to the interview. I'm Eric Turnison, and this is the Subscription Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, Ali, welcome to the show. Eric, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, my pleasure. And I am really excited to talk to you today. Um, We're going to be covering a lot of ground, stuff that's going to be really valuable for our audience. But before we get into that, can you just give our audience a brief overview of who you are and what you do? Sure, absolutely. So I run a business called MemberDev. We help all types of customers uh, launch their own membership platforms. And we're uh, considered a hybrid agency. Prior to that, I actually launched my own membership site. I co-founded a yoga membership site years ago with another founder. And prior to that, I've just done a lot of things in the software engineering world from freelancing to consulting to helping architect systems for large and small companies. So I'm a technologist at heart. I'm very entrepreneurial. And now I spend my time focused on member dev to help some of your customers and our customers um, build their ideal membership platforms. Awesome. So you sound like a perfect guest to have on the show today because uh, what I want to talk to you about is membership sites. So we probably have kind of a mixed bag of people listening to the show. So the first thing I wanted to touch on, just to level set on where everybody's at, is what is a membership site? Sure. So there, I like to look at these in, in sort of two lenses, is that What makes a membership site is really just an online vehicle that allows users to come together um, in both free and sort of protected environments, right? So the easiest examples to visualize are club sites or, you know, for organizations, memberships. um, And then there's the more of the business mode of, of people trying to gate or protect content and or, you know, grow a business, grow revenue by, by providing access to that content. And then in terms of the anatomy, a lot of the way that we help position our customers on, you know, the, the planning phase and how to sort of um, disseminate what their membership site is composed of, there's really three aspects. There's the public side of your website, much like any other website, marketing site, you know, homepage about um, the things that both represent the business and help drive new leads. And then there's sort of the sales funnel. So this is the the middle. This is how we drive people into signing up, whether it's for free memberships, paid memberships, standalone products, courses, you name it. And then there's the back, the third uh, back end membership experience. So this is now I've signed up. I'm a member. I have access to something that's not exposed on the public side. Okay. So those are all great examples. So the next thing I want to go into is 
why would somebody want to start a membership site or why should they start a membership site? Sure. That is the question. And so we like to look at this in two lanes. You know, we have the, the beginners, they're starting from scratch, going from zero. And then we have the existing businesses or operators that are, you know, growing, extending, enhancing a membership site. So let's start with the first one. The, the raw beginner, what we find most of sort of the motives or the incentives to start a membership site, um, I'll, you know, have lots of financial ties. So the idea of getting to recurring revenue, the idea of getting to online sales, you know, just being able to generate um, sales from a, a, an online or a digital property is very attractive to these folks. Um, passive income, which in my eyes is a fallacy. We can talk a little bit about that in a second if you wish. Um, but the idea of just having you know money come in and not doing anything, that, that's, <laughs> that's what I refer to as, a, as the passive income fallacy. And then the other two are just are very in line with the entrepreneurial mindset of financial freedom and pursuit of passion. So I just want life flexibility. I want to do what I want on my time and I want to do something I care about, you know, and the second line is with these people, these, these folks who you know, have some experience in business or even have a membership site and, or a business you know, that, that has the potential to extend into the membership space. And so for these folks, it's usually, again, there's the financial incentives, but it's usually more along the lines of they see the opportunity to capture new lines of revenue that they're not doing. So going from an offline business to an online business is very attractive to them. Um, acquiring customers outside of their local reach. So being able to go online, obviously you can now serve anyone in the world virtually um, given you know how your content is structured and that it's on the internet. And then people who are transitioning their product offering online. So you know as we progress with technology, more and more, you know, the world we live in is, is becoming digital and digital by nature. So we, we find that a lot of people like have a pretty good consulting or service or even, you know, product focused business. And now they're convinced that they have to start transitioning to online to keep up. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I definitely do want to go into the fallacy of passive income. And um, also when you were talking about extending existing businesses, this doesn't necessarily have to be a business. We've seen a lot of people transition from a Facebook group that becomes popular or a YouTube channel that becomes popular. And so what these people have done is they've, they've been doing something that they're passionate about. They may not even have started it with a mind towards business, but they found as their audience grew, they had opportunities that they could explore. And the membership site became the way that they decided to to take advantage of those opportunities. Totally. I'm glad you pointed that out. Not only is that spot on um, in, in terms of comparing it versus you know, a more of a business focus, but what I found is that when that is the avenue, that it's actually a lot easier for those types of folks to get, get traction because they've already proved it, right? They've got this massive following. You know, we, we've had some customers that have done some of that stuff with Instagram and, you know, they touch base with us like that, this idea. I'm like, cool. Well, tell me. And they're like, oh, I have 200,000 Instagram followers. And like my jaw drops. I'm like, what? I'm like, how did you do that? And, you know, it's just so interesting. Like I said, the world we live in that this social dynamics, they're able to build this following, which most businesses would kill for. Right. And now to your point, they just have to do a few things, you know, either team up with someone like us or put the, the hard work in themselves. And now they have this really, really nice um, opportunity to provide for themselves um, by leveraging what they've already created, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so at this point, I think we've kind of covered what a lot of people who are listening may have already known. They may have already known what a membership site is. They may have known what the values of starting a membership site is. And, um, you know, I really wanted to get your insights on that because I want to make sure everybody in the audience has a, is on the same page. The thing that I I think that I really want to spend a lot of time talking to you about is who should start a membership site because there are a number of things in this category that can really help people save time, avoid mistakes. You know, we we mentioned earlier the fallacy of passive income. You know, uh, if you think that you're starting a membership site because you're just going to overnight make money and not have to do anything, you may not be the person who should start a membership site. So. Um, I really want to dive into this 
and discuss who are the people who should be thinking about starting membership sites and why. Yeah, absolutely. So when in our time of serving lots of people and then helping them and observing them, there's a lot of common patterns that I've at least identified. And we'll start with who should. So if you've already taken a crack at business, especially if you're a business proprietor, so entrepreneur, you own something, you've started something, then you're already a good candidate because you understand what it takes. Um, that's, that's sort of the first check I usually go through when I, I talk with folks in the early discussions. Um, the same thing goes for sort of the, the passion for entrepreneurs. I'm like, do you have the bug? Do you have the passion? Do you have the drive? Um, and then one of the huge components that I think a lot of people, uh, you know, just drastically miss is the time. You know, there, there's a lot of time required to, to start you know, build and then grow a membership site, let alone a membership business. It's not, it's not a simple thing. I can tell you that from experience. I can tell you that from helping lots of people do this. So time, you know, carving that out, being what's realistic. Um, and then the challenge, you know, do you have the grit? Are you going to dig in? When I look at some of the people who have succeeded with us and, and that we've helped you know, grow, the, I, I, the, a very common you know, characteristic is that these people who grow to six and eventually seven figures are relentless. You know, they will figure it out. You know, the, man, the mantra, figure it out. Like that's, that's what they live by is that, there's a, that we have goals, we have objectives, and we're going to do what it takes to get there. And then the other thing that is kind of interesting is that is sort of your, your technology competency or proficiency. You know, I see that some people come in with, you know, a background heavy in a specific type of technology, or obviously if they're already in tune with online marketing and web design development, they have an edge. But if you, if you don't navigate technology well, you're going to have a lot of hurdles. Um, and we'll get to that on why in, you know, in a bit later, but that's actually another key one that I think a lot of people forget. So, you know, in summary, it's just entrepreneurial people who are passionate with some time, who understand that, you know, there's a, there's a challenge ahead of them. And then the, the bonuses, are they good with tech? Because that right. goes a long way. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes when we start talking about a membership site, we think that it's kind of like a nugget of a thing. But really, what we're talking about is you are building a business. It's not just this thing that you go to the store, you pick up off the shelf and you be like, oh, I'm going to check out with this membership site and I'm done. I'll go unwrap it at home and everything's good. You're making a commitment. You're it's it's a lot like having a child. I, I often find it's and so it's that level of decision. I think when people search for membership sites and they talk about them, it, it ends up being a lot about the technology, and the technology is really a portion of it. But so much of the other reasons why people don't end up making it doesn't have to do with the technology. It has to do with other factors, and I think that that's really what you're getting into when you outlined these things about who should build a membership site. You just got to check in with yourself. Like this is a journey that you're starting. It's not just something that you're going to put up and then forget about. Totally. And I love that analogy as a, as a father, you know, it's like when you say that a lot of, a lot of ideas start firing off and it is, it is actually a really good analogy because Anyone who's who started a business understands that and knows that it is it is you know very similar in nature to having a child because you're nurturing this thing you're you're sort of raising it watching it grow you're learning from it you know that's one things one of the things I loved about being a father is sort of also being able to learn from my young children and that is such a good thing to recognize because the amount of work the people that I've seen succeeded have put in lots and lots of work. And now they're at a phase where they, they're starting to reap the rewards, just like parenting, you know, or just like raising um, animals, dogs, you know, it's like you, in those, those baby years and their puppies, oh my goodness. Like you just, there's times where you almost lose it. And, but the, what's interesting is those times in both raising children, raising animals, and also building a membership site and a business are that those inf those inflection points happen when you're at your breaking point, like when it gets the hardest and you push through. That's where you really learn, you know. And that's where the ingredient I found the ingredient of passion is essential, because yes, those points are going to come. 
and you are going to be tested. And if you don't have some innate passion, if you're just looking for surface level feedback, like I wanted to be making this amount of money by this time, I wanted to be able to quit my job by this time. If you're only looking for those things to be the reason why you continue, then you're going to fail because they don't show up in the beginning. And the passion is the thing that will help you push through the times when things look like they're pretty dark. I would agree. And so now what are some of the other reasons that you've seen in people that you consult with who come and want to work with you? Uh, Some indicators that you see, oh, well, maybe this person isn't quite ready for this step. Sure, sure. So there's the obvious there's the obvious inverse of lots of the things we said. So people who haven't started a business, um, actually, and that's important. Let's let's start there. I there's a lot of people who inquire with us, and I spend a lot of time with them. And, and sometimes, I actually, uh, contrary to what it does for the success of our business, I influence them not to pursue a membership site, and it's because there's this common sort of belief that I can do this on the side. And, you know, I can have my day job, whether, wherever, whatever that is, and I can crank on this on the side, you know, an hour here, hour there, and then it's going to grow. And then there's going to be this really magical time that everything's just going to fall into place. I'm going to go tell my boss, this is, this has been great, but my side gig is, is booming now and I'm going to go do this, (laughs) you know, thanks for everything. And that never, ever happens. It only can happen if you're hustling. And, and you've got a team around you. I mean, and like I said, I've had these conversations, these very candid conversations with some of our, our potential customers. So that is, that is definitely the thing is if you've never done this and you just think it's going to be a side hustle, you should probably step back and reassess. But the never done it isn't necessarily the biggest issue. Yeah. When I started Member Mouse, I was working full time and I never started a business before and I've made so many mistakes, but I was definitely hustling. Like I remember I was in, uh, during my uh, breaks, like in a closet in the office, <laughs> like having calls with the developer that I hired. And basically I was living at home with my parents because all the money I was making from that job was going into the people who were working for the company into their pockets to build the business. I love it. You know, so that's, that's the kind of thing that it, it does take. You're totally right. Yeah. So thank you for clarifying on that. Um, and then the time aspect is, is pretty key because what, another question I ask a lot of first time prospects is like, tell me about your home life, you know? Um, and when I start hearing, oh, I'm married, I've got kids, you know, I'm just thinking X, 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 because, and, you know, realistically, you have only so many hours that, that you can do something that's not that's not a core responsibility. And if, like I said, if this is sort of your second thing that you're trying to get off the ground, in addition to all of those bigger life responsibilities, you just have a much, much, much taller mountain. Right. That doesn't also mean that that's an obstacle. It just means that maybe the membership site in its full blossom isn't the next step for you, right? Like maybe what you just want to do is start sharing what your value is, start doing something small, you know, do something for free that doesn't have any technical requirements. Like we were talking about earlier, people who start Facebook groups, you know, we have, we have customers who were, you know, uh, single moms with children and they had a passion about something that's very niche that you would think, Oh, there's not that many people would be engaged in that, but they get on a Facebook group. They, they, um, reach out to their local community. They get people interested and more people get interested because what there's actually some value in what they're sharing. And before you know it, that community is, is then supporting them to push them to the next step. You have the momentum behind you to now take, take a riskier step to take a, to do something more like on the scale of a membership site. So I, I think it's important for people to be okay with starting small. Oh, absolutely. For sure. You know, like if you're trying to have a membership site as a beginner, be your first thing, it's probably not the right step because you haven't tested yourself yet. What value are you going to offer? If you're going to do videos, if you're going to do training, have you tried to put a training course out? 
Have you seen what the feedback was? Have you, have you responded to that feedback? Have you honed your offering? Uh, have you garnered support? Because if you spend more time offering things for free and getting feedback, then the supporters that you will gather from that process will help propel you to further stages in your business. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And it is very true with you know, a lot of what thought leaders like Gary Vee preach. is like, if you do give people value, then it will organically create something. And that's such a better starting point of saying, hey, look, I just kind of did this thing because I like it. I'm very interested. It's even a passion of mine. And like these people started emailing me and they're like, hey, one more of this. Like that is the best avenue. Like we do, we talked about a bit ago to kind of start and then think about to your point, like, should I start gating some of this content or should I put out a PDF and charge five bucks for it and just prove that I can get dollars? Like that type of um, early stage growth, I would strongly advocate over, Hey, I want to sit down and talk about this big membership platform with all these features. You know what I'm saying? Right. People may think that it's a, it's a benefit to have a lot of capital up front that you can invest in something, but sometimes it can be a hindrance. For example, somebody may come to you and say, hey, I've got this wad of cash that I want to build this amazing thing. I want it to look like XYZ site that's amazing that I really love. And then you go into three months in development, then it gets launched and it's kind of like an empty shell. But ultimately the sites that do well and are successful, somebody's behind them. Somebody's brought themselves to it. And somebody is using the mechanism or the vehicle of a membership site to put their value out there into the world. Yeah, Membership sites are a technology and they facilitate and assist with the things that all membership sites will need as they're growing. But if you don't have that fundamental value proposition, there's nothing there. I couldn't agree more. And the last thing I'll add to that is that when one of the, the big red flags I see is when you know people, even when they think they've mapped everything out, I ask them to see their content. And you'd be surprised how many have already thought about how their courses should be designed, how their library is going to be formatted, um, all the different payment options that they're ready to accept. But when we ask them for content, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, really? You're going to do that when? Um, right before we go live, you know, and so, you know, what you're identifying, it's, I'm glad that we spent time here because you know what people are paying for? They're paying for the content, you know, in whatever medium it is that you're providing. Like, that's why they're here. They don't care, you know, how cool and, and that it, you have like all these bells and whistles of gamification. Like, yes, at some point, some of the, the features that we help our customers with do propel them. But that's usually because the business membership site is asking for those, not because they brought it to the table initially. Those are ex- those are kind of higher level things that you can do to tweak stuff like retention and lifetime customer value. And all of it still stems from value. But as your business grows, the way that you offer value and provide value is going to be in different ways and more refined ways, which when you start the business, you can't possibly know about. And that's what you're saying is like people know about it secondhand. They see that the sites that they're a part of do it and they like it. So like, oh, I want to copy that. Yes. But they don't understand when you see those things that sites do really well and they are successful with, there's a whole part of that iceberg that's below the water that supports that process. There's probably a team of people that's dedicated to doing that. Like content creation, you know, Member Mouse is a software company, right? So content creation was, you know, a thing that I struggled with for a long time and pretty much didn't do um, until later on um, because the focus was the software. That was my value proposition, the software. But I always wanted to do content creation because I saw these sites. Oh, they're doing such a great job. That seems such like such a great idea. And I didn't understand until we started doing it how in-depth content creation actually is. Sure. You have a schedule, you do all these things. So every little piece of a business that you see that's coming out on a website as like a little button, there's a process behind that. And you just can't think, you know, it's going to happen overnight. Um, And it doesn't have to either. Um, But we started getting into talking about content creation. And to me, this this is a good track I'd like to continue down in terms of 
the process. We've talked about you know what a membership site is. We've talked about who should and shouldn't start a membership site. What's some of the mindset around it? What are some of the pitfalls? Now let's kind of leave that behind us. Let's assume that you know people are ready or they're going to be ready at some point. You know, now let's help people understand from your experience what that process of building out the membership site is going to be like. What are the things that they're going to be asked to work on? What are the things that they may work with somebody else on? Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll quickly, very quickly, just give you a synopsis of what we guide them through, but then I'll go back and focus more on what's, what anyone should should expect because it's a little bit different. And and by telling you how we work and then, you know, reverse engineering into what everyone should expect, that'll, it'll make a lot more sense then. So our very bird's eye view of guiding customers is we have four phases. We have planning and discovery where we set, sort of map out what is it that we're doing. Um, and all of this is we've designed this very similar to building houses. You know, when you have a, a house built, it goes through a process. So we first start the planning discovery, defining what the, the end product's going to be. Then we get into design, so doing some of the UX stuff, doing some of the, the aesthetic design, even the front-end coding to kind of see what is this going to look and feel like. Then we get into the development aspect. So now we're coding, you know, we're building out everything from their platform, um, customized WordPress instances, you know, pulling in integrations that they need to, to support them. And then we have the fourth and final phase, which is we test QA everything and then help them launch and, and prepare them to now run with this, this cool new platform for their business. And again, it's analogous to a house because you have sort of the planning phase and the architects draw up all the blueprints. Then the you know builders come in and start building things. And eventually the owners come and review and they start living in a house. So that's why we like to use that analogy. And that's a great analogy. And there may be a little bit overwhelming to hear some of the things you're going through. But I would add to that, yes, it's analogous to building the house, all of those steps, but what what's being built is a business that needs to is it's a physical business, right? That building. And then after the doors open, it's not just going to be lived in. You have to figure out how you can get people to come to it and exchange money so that you can cover the cost of that house, et cetera, et cetera. Very true. Very true. I'm glad you pointed that out. So now going, stepping back. So that's kind of, that's the value of, of working with a team like us. Now going back to if you're gung-ho on doing this yourself, there's a lot of similarities, but there's more, right? You know, it's like you, you're, you have a, a slightly bigger challenge. And so the first step is really the content creation and management. So what is, before you start talking about what you're going to do, how you're going to sell it, all that, what are you creating? You know, which we just discussed at length is that, creating the content, having a plan, being able to manage it. So um, in today's age, having a system for uh, is this video content, is it audio content, is it text content, is it a combination? And if so, how am I going to store these things and, and, you know, and present them, right? So content creation and management is always a starting point just because that's essentially your product. Um, then we get into platform development. So now this is um, arguably the trickiest part for do-it-yourselfers is that how do I now, I have this great content, how do I now put it all together on a website, an app, you know, whatever the, the vehicle is to be able to give it and, and sell it to people. And this is where WordPress comes in, this is where MemberMouse comes in, this is where other various tools come in. And it can be very tricky. So it's, this is, you can tell too, I'm sure you guys have noticed, Eric, that this this part of the process is a lot easier and more native to people in tech. So if you've done some online marketing, done some design, some development, then you they can they can pick this this part up. Right. And the double whammy, the double whammy here is not only is this a very tricky step to do, but if you make the wrong choice, you're going to suffer for it later on when you become yeah. successful. It reminds me of that scene from Indiana Jones where he's the the, the guy has to choose which the holy grail was. And he chooses the wrong cup and drinks from it. <laughs> Definitely. You know, because it's like you won't know in the beginning necessarily that. Yeah, you can't know. Yeah, you can't. The The reason, the way that tools help you uh, it is when you become successful. You know, how they can assist in reducing costs, automating certain aspects of the business. 
um, and other things of that nature, which you're not going to know if you just build a site and you have nothing going through it. So you got it. that one's that, yeah, that one's a challenge. So it is that that's where I see the most people get hung up. And that's honestly where we get a lot of inquiries is, Hey, I've done some, some great content and I've sat here for six months with a website that's, that just can't get done. And like, great, well, let's talk. And, and so you're spot on. That is, that is definitely one of the, the bigger hurdles. Um, and it, it relays into the next aspect, which is what I call tools and integration. So um, while member mouse is usually more of a core, at least in our stack, it's a very core part of building these membership platforms and sites. There's a plenty, a plethora of other tools for email marketing, lead management, you know, site performance and tracking, you name it. It, it kind of depends. And we always advise people to stay lean, you know, have the basics, Google Analytics, um, tie into an email pro- marketing provider, to preferably one that interfaces with Member Mouse, you know, and, but uh, there's, there's a lot of these things that add up. And they use, you use the word tools, and that's what I like to use as well. It's like they're the things that you, some of them you need, they're essential, and others they can be used to automate things, which you know frees up your time as the, the business operator. So that is the the next step. You know, you've created content, you've got the platform built out, now you're plugging in tools and integrations. And then now we get to online marketing and sales. So okay, now you've got this great thing. Um, how are you going to continue getting people to come into the door? Um, getting people to buy things. Well, now you've got this great thing. How do you actually use it? That's the thing. <laughs> it's like, this goes back to the point of why it's so important to account for time, why it's so important to account for persistence and commitment, because every single one of these tools, I mean, there are people who specialize in email marketing. Sure. How you do it, how you draft your emails, how you create automated funnels, um, how you convert people from email uh, into paying customers but that's just one of the tools that's on your site. Every single one of those tools, there's going to be a specialist who can tell you all these different ways you can use it in your business. And, you know, it's an understatement to say that these things are overwhelming. I mean, they're overwhelming for me and I've been operating my business for 10 years. And that's why, again, starting small is also a good idea. Not trying to pile this all on all at once, unless you've done it, unless you've done a business with these things before, if you have something of value to offer to people, there is a market for it. Period. If you are persistent and you commit to getting that out there, you will be made, you will be able to make a living from that thing. So if you try to run before you walk, you could end up in a situation where you trip yourself up for no reason. It could have been avoided. If you trip yourself up over technology, it doesn't mean that your idea wasn't good or you didn't have something of value to offer. You know, we, you and I both work for, with businesses from the size of hundreds of members to tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of members. There's a big difference of what each of these size businesses should be focusing on. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is the, this step, I guess it's the fourth step, the online marketing and sales. This differentiates the people that actually grow a business and that don't. Because believe me, we've built some really beautiful and well-functioning platforms that are just, it's like uh, crickets, right? There's, there's not much going on in there. And it's because they got to this point and they didn't know how to approach um, customer acquisition. It's a tricky thing. And I agree with what you said, Eric, because like, there's a lot of info out there. And there's a, there's a lot of really good info, a lot of really bad info, um, and filtering that can be a challenge. But the basics, so going back to the basics that I always start with are never neglect your email list. So building an email list, and this is something I learned um, later as an entrepreneur because I didn't think this was valuable early in my career. I was always focused on building. And in reality, if you have this email list, which is such a simple thing, and it's such a low barrier in terms of an ask, it's like, hey, just jump on my email list. Then you have this network that you're slowly growing over time. So, and you can always reach out to them, right? It's it's, it's a non-invasive. Hey, here's a here's a newsletter. Here's a, a product offer, etc. So, build the email email list. Um, the other thing I always promote, and people for either neglect this or choose not to do this, is talk to your early users, especially user your early customers. Like just, and I know if it. For introverts, it can be challenging. So there's other ways. Maybe you you set up 
an email or a one-to-one like forum would be a really cool uh, way to communicate. But you need to talk to them because the early people for both software businesses and membership businesses kind of help you define uh, the path that your business takes. You know, I just had a controversial thought, which mm-hmm. I debated while you were talking whether or not to bring up, but yeah. I, I want to hear your thoughts on Because the thought that occurred to me when you said, you know, if you're introverted, that could be hard. The thought that occurred to me was like, well, if you're introverted, it's going to hard be hard for you to run a business. No matter what. Because, and, and I'm, you know, I don't know if I believe this because, you know, I'm someone introverted. I'm not, you know, if thinking of public speaking uh, doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies and make me want to jump up and do it. Sure, sure. So that that's something that I think if you want to run a business, you you have to have that conversation because the benefit I found comes a lot from those conversations, talking to the customers. So much of the value that's in Member Mouse today came directly from conversations with customers. This is what we're running into. These are the problems that we're having. And then we go back and we solve the problem and then everybody's happy. So I don't know. I, I just figured I'd throw that out there. No, I'm glad you brought that up. And actually, let's, let's, let's pause and, and dig on this. I'm not quite an introvert, but I'm, I'm very technical. I'm a technical CEO. So before growing member dev and, and being, I was very much a developer. And to your point, I, my nature was I don't really want to talk to people. Um, not because I don't like them. But I have work to do. I want to get in. I want to code. I want to design. I want to build. And what I th- where I think this goes, and I kind of learned this um, as I've sort of continued learning and growing as an entrepreneur, is that it's pretty rare. Um, and you're, you're sort of a use case, although I know you, you definitely have a good team behind you to help where you are today. But it's very rare for technical, especially introverts, to grow businesses. And what I mean by that is that when you look at some of the most successful online businesses, software businesses, even businesses in general, um, they're usually, it's usually not just some coder. Um, it's, it's usually a coder who either helped build the technology or said, I've got this really cool thing. I need a partner or founders to help me present it to the world. And that's a really good, because there's a lot of truth to what you said is that, and you're a great example. Like you got member mouse to a really far point until you you started expanding and like okay it's time to build out this team and, and right it took me the technical approach and focus took me so far but then I needed to I needed to adapt like it basically came to a point where it's like okay you can continue to stay in your comfort zone and be this introverted person but these are the things that have to be done yeah and so either you you change some of the things about yourself and do them or you get somebody else to do them. Yes, I would agree. Absolutely. But yeah, and that, I'm glad you brought that up because that is key. And, and really going back to why we're talking about this, the, the com- what's common here is that on some level and, and really whatever you're most comfortable with and the way you work, you just need to listen, right? You need to be in tuned to, you know, and, and everyone will tell you this who's built anything meaningful is that, you can't focus on, on only what you think. Like, yes, your opinion is valuable as a creator, but you have to listen to the market. And the market in these sites is your users, your members, right? Yeah, and that's that's a lesson that I had to learn over 10 years because in the beginning, I did go hands down. I spent way too much time getting a minimum viable product out. Everyone does. Most people do. Yeah, I mean, but I know now communication is the key to success. Yeah. And this also goes back to why who shouldn't start a membership business? Well, really, who shouldn't start a business? If you are just trying to get money out of people's pockets, you're not concerned about what they want. People do make money doing that, right? But the truly thriving, successful businesses um, that I admire, I should say, as a caveat, are the ones where it's a conversation. You're saying, I'm coming to the table, I can provide something. But somebody else is sitting on the other side of the table who you need to make sure that you are listening to them and can satisfy what they want. And that is the profit to me. I would agree. You know, and what's interesting is that segues into the next thing, which I have on on our list, which is customer support. And what I mean by that is that when you grow your customer base, guess what? They're going to need things. And 
it's natural, right? It's, and that's, this is one of the things I always poke at people early in the early stages. It's like, are you ready to answer customer support? And like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, someone might not be able to log in. Are you going to help them out? And like, it's so like people kind of like step back and like, I have to do that. I'm like, I'm not going to do it for you. And this is, you know, these are the things you just don't know until yeah. you get in there. Like, Hey, guess what? They're going to need things from time to time. I mean, it's, it's like anything else. Um, in business when you're exchanging goods. And so that customer support aspect is actually pretty important. And I find so many people try to automate it. They just try to uh, with all the chat bots, the, you know, like some things are good, like knowledge base, like member mouse is knowledge base. Phenomenal. Like even as, as one of your, you know, more competent member mouse developers, I still refer to that thing weekly. I'm just like checking it out, verifying it if I'm using the right hook or something and having that type of automation is beautiful, but trying to like squeeze a chat bot in to help people with routine tasks. That's where I think, you know, you can do that at a stage where you've scaled and you have like, it becomes binary. Like, you know, there's X amount of things that get asked every single month. Let's just put that on autopilot. So right, that, because that, in a know, way, in a way that is a response to listening to the conversation. Exactly. Exactly. You know, but you first have to do it manually. You first have to understand you you can't just lead with, okay, I just want to put this here because I don't want anybody to talk to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. That's yeah, because it and that's the thing. It's it's never about the tool, it's about how you use it. Absolutely. And then the the and I've had to do this, um, and I still do this, which is interesting um, for one of our businesses, is like the customer support aspect is that you can, and I, th- I know that you've had these experiences there, but like there's really, really bad um, customer support instances and there's really, really good ones. And like the balance of them is what keeps you going. And generally you want to have more. And as you grow your business, you will have, uh, I mean, more good ones, more positive experiences. And you do get to that point, but fighting through those bad ones is always a challenge. And like, I've even been, gu- been guilty. There's a time in one of my older businesses where I, I got a little loose on Twitter and I shouldn't have, um, you know, so it ended up with a, a sincere apology, but there's the, you know, you're so going back to the, the child and, and being attached to these, these membership businesses, you're so protective of it that sometimes when a customer rubs you the wrong way or says something that they may not have meant, you, you have to kind of taper that and, and that can be a challenge. So I think the customer support is something people should not overlook. Yes, 100% agree. And you you can't expect to have a business or to start a project and not have the project test you. The whole point, yeah. the whole value of doing anything of of worth in life, whether it's having a child, running a business, having a pet, going to school, is you're attempting to grow, right? I mean, you want mm-hmm. you want to change some aspect of yourself or your life in some way. And logic will tell you that there's no way that something can, something different can happen unless something changes. So to me, from the benefit of perspective of experience, when I see things that challenge me or test me, I see them as opportunities. I see, okay, this, this is challenging to me because it's representing an obstacle that I need to push through. It's representing something that's standing in the way between me and another point, you know? And so support was definitely one of those things for me, you know? Yeah, uh, but yeah, definitely. but, but the business has, will, sh- will throw at you 10 of those things at the same time, you know? So, and the bigger, the more successful you get, the more it'll throw at you. Um, and so that's, that's when I think one of the key things is learning to build a team, which is a whole nother podcast episode, but is, is something that I really had to come to and learn about and put a value on and learn how to do that. Sure. But yeah. cause you can't do everything yourself. And that, that is, that actually is the last point. That, so that's the last thing that I, I uh, emphasize in terms of the process is the growth phase. So you've done everything prior to this, you've created the content, built a platform, brought the tools together, you've, you've put the, the marketing and sales strategy in place to get some customers, now you've supported those customers, the last phase is growth. And so if you've gotten here, pat yourself on the right. back, right? Because you've already proved that something right. is working. And 
But as you know, <laughs> most people don't get here. And that's what I, that's where like I'll shift and I'll become serious again is that most people do not get here. And so if you do get here, you're in the, you know, the, the 1% and not even that it's like, this is because I'm kind of here with, with a couple of my businesses and this is a hard place to be. Um, you have to relearn things. You have to re-humble yourself and be like, okay, I did that. I've, I've built this nice thing. I've even grown a team to your point, but now it's time to scale. Right. And you had a really good pod, uh, previous podcast with Martin. You talked about the different strategies to scale. So we, I don't need to you know, hit on that, but it's spot on is that now you like, and you know, the, one of the biggest things that I subscribe to is look at what's been working and, and just squeeze it like a lemon, like get as much out of that. As, and then that by doing that, you should be profitable and it gives you the opportunity to experiment with other things, whether they be other channels, other tactics, other, you know, other growth mechanisms. And this, like I said, if you get to this stage, now you're sort of entering, you know, the next level of business, the next level of, of membership site growth. Yeah. And for me, that to me, that next area is about how, how do you take this thing that's, it's a conglomerate of so many things. It's the customers, it's the, it's the team, it's all the technology and the tools that are part of it. How do you take all that? And you're at scale. How do you still effectively communicate your personality and not fall into the trap of thinking you need to be the same uh, as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Again, that'd be another great podcast. But what this right. what this yeah. episode definitely helps shares with people is what happens when you get two people on the call who don't who aren't interested in making hard sells to people and are all about the reality of the situation. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah, be, totally. people definitely haven't gotten the, uh, hey, you know, membership sites are easy. You should start one today. Like sign up here from us, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely not. I, yeah, it's the opposite. I like to push people. And this is kind of my my approach on entrepreneurism, probably because I'm biased like you. I've put a lot, a lot of time into it. And I don't, it's not easy. Um, and I, I, I think that people, anyone who thinks it's easy building a membership site, you're already in the wrong mindset. Right. So I, you know, to go on what you just said, Eric, in the, the early calls, unless, unless I know I'm talking to somebody who's done it, I almost push them to convince themselves not to do right. it. Um, not as much as a sales strategy, but more just be like, look, are you sure? Like, because if they can continually say, yes, I'm sure. Yes, no problem. I'll do that. Yep, I've, I've I've done a little experience here. Like, okay, now you're pre-qualifying yourself, and and there is no convincing that needs to happen. But it's it's a it's a lot. It's a big undertaking. They're kind of to me. It's it's kind of like it's a friendly test. It reminds me of Indian weddings. Like basically, at an Indian wedding, the bride doesn't see the groom beforehand, and what the priest or whoever's doing the ceremony will do to the groom before he goes into the ceremony is he will go up to them and be like, are you sure this is what you want to do? And then the guy will say, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then the, and then the priest can do whatever they want. He'll maybe flick his nose or like step on his foot, like basically create some sort of discomfort and say, this is what marriage is like. Are you sure it's going to test you? Are you sure you want to do this? Not because he's being unfriendly, but he's saying, look, like, you're going to run into these things. Do you like, if you can't handle just the idea of it, then I'm saving you the trouble right now. Sure. Right. You're just getting, getting a little glimpse of these are the things that are to come if you choose to do this. But knowing that <clears throat> you can then come up with a sound plan for how you approach it and be realistic about it, which gives you the best chance of success. Yeah. I like that. I actually didn't even know that. What I did know about Indian Indian weddings, and maybe this is sort of the the um, reward for for getting through that that nose flicking and the the double double checking is that they're actually like three to five day events, and like they invite the whole community, um, which doesn't quite translate into this, but it's like if you do at least um, push through, then maybe you do get that nice you know uh, member base in in your future. Yeah, you ride in on an elephant. You know. You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're <not> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's what everybody should take away from this. 
build a membership site, get <laughs> successful, and you will ride an elephant. There we go. All right. Well, I know I certainly enjoyed talking to you about this, Ali. This has been a ton of great information. I'm really glad that we got to sit down and uh, record this. So I really appreciate you coming on and having the talk with me. Likewise, man. This is a pleasure. I'm glad that could could spend the time with you as well. And hopefully we can dive into some of these other topics in the future. Yeah, that'd be great. And Ali, before we sign off, do you mind just uh, sharing with our audience if there's some way they want to get in touch with you, if there's some way they want to learn more about you, is there somewhere that they can go to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're easily found at memberdev.com. It kind of pitches what we're about, what we've done. Check out some of our customers. We're all about them as well. Most of them are member mouse customers. So that's the easiest way. You can hit me up directly, Ali, A-L-I, at memberdev.com with an email. That's my best mode. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear from people. So please reach reach out. Awesome. And and I I do have actually one more question. Is there a resource that you could think of if somebody's considering doing a membership site, building a business, you know, since we've identified this is about building a business. Is there something that comes to mind for you that you found has been helpful for you? Man, we have a very basic how to build a membership site blog post. Anyone who's new should definitely check that out on memberdev.com. But, and we have aspirations to do something a lot more robust with you, Member Mouse, which hopefully we'll get that done in the next coming months. But Books, you know, Eric, I have a whole list and I think instead of just spewing them out, I'll, I'll gather what I think would be some useful books for both entrepreneurs and first-time membership operators and we can throw them in your show notes. Yes, that would be amazing. I appreciate you offering that. All right, great. Well, again, thanks, Ali. All right, take care. Many thanks to Ali for coming on the show today. I hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Ali and MemberDev, please be sure to check them out at memberdev.com or on Twitter at memberdev. And I imagine some of you may be thinking at this point, you know what, maybe there's more I need to do to prepare before jumping into the deep end with a full membership site. To that end, we've put together a list of ideas and proactive steps you can take to get some momentum and test your idea before going all in and developing a membership site. You can download this PDF from our show notes at subscriptionentrepreneur.com slash 108. There you'll also find a full transcript of this episode. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Subscription Entrepreneur podcast on iTunes or Stitcher for future interviews with successful entrepreneurs. In our next video, we'll be speaking with Dan Karen. Dan has over 20 years of experience in internet marketing and is an expert in designing landing pages that convert visitors into customers. He shares from his wealth of knowledge about the power of copy, design, and psychology when it comes to designing your landing pages. So hope to see you there. Um, hold on, I lost my... Did you want me to give more examples of... No, no, sorry. I just I just lost my... Uh, my outline. Oh, okay. Got well, you guys edit this yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, feel free. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty candid person, so feel free to include the blooper reel if you want. <laughs> yeah, okay, I will. Um,